Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts chapter 4 with verses 13 through 37. Following Peter's demonstration of God's power by healing the lame beggar, he delivered his second sermon to the Jews in Jerusalem. Peter and John were immediately arrested by the temple guards and brought before the high priest. He was warned by the Jews not to preach the gospel. In verses 19 and 20, Peter and John replied, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, We Cannot Stop Speaking. When do you disobey civil authorities? Doesn't Romans 13 tell us be in submission to the authorities? God put them there. Yes, it does. But how can you say we're going to disobey you to obey God? Well, that sets up one of the two situations in which Christians must disobey government authorities. It's one of two things. It's when they tell you not to do something that God says you must do, preach, pray, worship, tell what you know, or um, they, they order you to um, do something that God specifically tells you not to do, like tell a lie, uh, deny the Lord, um, recant your faith, something like that. So, how do we submit to the governing authorities and yet say that sometimes we have to disobey? Well, you reconcile that by understanding that we submit unless they order us to disobey God. When they usurp the place of God, we say we have to obey God, the higher authority. And then we disobey and we accept the consequences of the disobedience because they too are ordained by God. And God promises He will see us through whatever trials come to us for obeying Him above all. Now I have to say these, these next two verses sound very much like what we heard from the province of Alberta, Canada, and the county of Los Angeles and the state of California back in the heyday of covid after they attacked churches who resisted their overreaching COVID mandates. Look at these next two verses. When they had threatened them further. You know, uh, I know John MacArthur, I think it was a $10,000 fine per event of him preaching in his church for a, a long time. Uh, threatened them further. Well, then they let them go finding no basis on which to punish them. Oh, by the way, all those charges have been dropped in California. All those charges have been dropped in Alberta. But not without a lot of suffering in the meantime and a lot of hassles. 
They let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. Believe it or not, some people were so silly and backward that they actually rejoiced that that crippled man was walking and leaping and praising God in their temple. Harumph again. It says, for this man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Wow. Yeah, I'll say the deal was rejected. You know, after the Apostle Paul had himself been a prisoner, about four years, it took him about two years to get to Rome and then two years in Rome, and then he was released, and then he was re-imprisoned, and right at the end of his life, he, he wrote this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. What's Peter's message in every sermon so far? This is all about Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David. Remember how Peter immediately connected it to the plan of God for the kingdom of God to come to earth? Descendant of David, according to my gospel, all of the gospel is wrapped up in Jesus. You can't get around it. That's our message. And then he says, my gospel for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. I love this next phrase. But the Word of God is not imprisoned. I would say that it sounds like Paul had read the book of Acts. But the truth is he lived more than half of the book of Acts. Actually, as the dates work out, he might have read the book of Acts before he wrote 2 Timothy. Now, how weird would that be? Dr. Luke, whom you've discipled, has written the story that includes your story? Well, maybe he had. But I want you to notice now, after they were ordered to remain silent and the deal was rejected, I want you to see how devastated the Christians were in that circumstance after their leaders had been tossed in jail. Look at this, starting at verse 23. When they had been released... They went to their own companions. Where would they have done that? Well, it could have been that room where the 120 first met, but now there's there's 5,000 heads of household. They probably went someplace in the temple. That's where a big group could meet. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Look where they turned. They did not have a protest rally. They didn't go file a countersuit. They turned their hearts to God. And it appears this is certainly a summary of what the whole group prayed. I'm sure it was led by the apostles. But they were all of one mind about it. As they prayed in response to this first case of open persecution, they didn't focus on the bad guys. They they lifted their voices to God with one accord. And the whole group shared the same attitude of focusing on God. So back up one verse and let's let's keep reading in 24 through 26. And when they'd heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who 
by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant said, and this is going to sound a whole lot like Psalm 2, because it's a quote from Psalm 2, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. This is another case of what I call inspired application. They're not saying that Psalm 2 was a prediction of this exact event. What they're saying is they saw the parallel and, and conformed their prayer to this truth from the Word of God. They understood the general principle. The enemies of God rage. They rage against Him. They rage against His people. They rage against His Son. They devise futile things, and they persistently gather against the Lord and against His Christ. And therein is another lesson about persecution. Expect it. Expect. It's not rare. It's far more rare for people to live in a culture like we've lived in where there's so little persecution of Christians for so many years, but that's changing. Don't expect the enemies of Christ to be happy when you stand for Christ, when you preach the gospel, when you tell them the truth. Our job is not to win the favor of the world around us. And trying to do that, it, it, it never works. And where did anybody ever get the idea that light needs help and support from darkness? That's not how it works. Darkness needs to hear about the light. And then don't miss the lesson from these next two verses. Pretty straightforward lesson. God is in control. Look at 27 and 28. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Now, what was their motivation? Kill Jesus. All they wanted to do was murder Jesus. They were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Isaiah 53 says, God crushed His Son for our iniquities. God put all this together. Understand, when evil people rage, when they come against the Lord's anointed, when they come against His, His people, God is in charge of that. Is He motivating the evil? No. But He's going to have His will be done. That's how your sins got paid for. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He went to the cross to do that. Now, another lesson comes from this prayer as it continues. Look at the next three verses. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant <coughs> that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.